You're listening to a CNA podcast. If we're honest, every single one of us would admit to following a social media influencer online. They may be a funny personality who does bad impressions, an impossibly thin model who flies business class with her pet pooch, or someone who tells her fellow mummies how to eat whatever you want and still stay slim. Love them or loathe them, they are part of what is now known as the creator economy. Goldman Sachs estimates this could double in size to hit half a trillion by 2027. And the thing is, data shows that only 4% of global creators make more than $100,000 a year. And that's what we want to talk about today. How does one create a stable income by being a content creator? How do you plan your finances when you've got money coming in. It's me, Elizabeth Mio, and thank you for listening to Money Talks. I'm back with my limited series, Am I Adulting Right?, where I figure out some of life's money issues and chat with people who may have the answers. Uh, joining me to talk more about this is a local content creator, Tian Hao Tan, Hi. who runs his own multi-channel network and manages other content creators, and influencer and business owner, Demi Soon, who is also the wife of Thank you for joining us today. I just want to start off by asking the two of you how you got started as a content creator or an influencer. I got started when I was in high school, 10 years, oh gosh, 12 years ago, when I uh, lived in Vietnam. So I actually lived in Cambodia first for five years and then Vietnam for six years. So we started around 2010. Mm. And the, the first video was actually a school project video and our job was to create an anti-bullying video. Then we picked up some skills and then me and my friends thought, hey, actually we could make this a thing. So we started doing some sketches, uh, how to cut the queue, how to cut the line, and even how to um, cross the road in Vietnam. So giving tips like this, our YouTube channel, it took off a little. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I came back to Singapore and I started my media agency four years later. Did you think that creating videos would propel you to starting your own multi-channel network? You've got so many followers online. You also manage other content creators. Did you ever think that starting a YouTube channel, making videos would set you on that path? It initially wasn't the plan. At the start, I just my dream was just to not work for anyone. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So... Well, I mean, it seems to have come true for you because you don't work for anyone. You work for yourself. It took me a few years to realize that there's, there's no such thing as not working for anyone. That you will always be accountable for people. In, in the end, I think I work, I work for my, more people. Work for more people. <laughs> okay, Debbie, did you always want to be a content creator? I think in the beginning, no. Um, oh, I'm not done with my story. Okay, continue. So, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> after, after high school, I started the agency and then we brought in a few creators under the network and when Debbie and I first got together. I always knew Debbie had what it takes to be a content creator. I <laughs> eased her in slowly and then um, everything just naturally happened. I want to know about getting started and, and whether this was actually part of your career plan to become a content creator and make that like a full-time job. Oh, definitely was never in my plans. And I'm, 
I'm not a person that plans very, very far into the future. And I took it one step at a time. I mean, when we first met, when we fell in love, it was just me going to school and stuff. And we started the cafe business when I was in school. So at that point of time, I was helping to manage the cafe. And then slowly, slowly, we just eased into it. He was asking me to appear in some of the videos. And that's where like traction started to pick up. And I started to get my own mm. like audience and followers as so well. At which point did you find that, hey, actually, I can make this into a job that mm. brings me an income. I think when their clients start yeah. coming in. When the brands start working with her. Yeah. For you, when did you realise that this could be a job? Maybe when you started to see money clients Even when I first out. started seeing money come in, I wasn't sure mm. what the industry would be like, uh, how long I would be here for. Because the typical shelf life for an influencer or content creator is around four years. So That's very interesting. I want to actually hear more about sure. that. When you say shelf life, mm -hmm. meaning? Meaning after four years, they kind of either drop off or they no longer be relevant or someone in the same field becomes newer and they come in with more skills or something fresher. So, mm. How do you drop off? Do you get less sponsorships? Do brands start to not want to work with you as much? I think it's the same like a product life cycle mm. for any brand that brings in a product or like shampoo or something. They always still have to refresh their product or do a rebrand or just the same as content creators. They stay have to re stay relevant, yeah. reinvent themselves. And it's quite rare to see mm. content creators remain at the top level for a very long time. Other than Jin Hao. No, 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 no. She's no. <laughs> very supportive wife. So, yeah, she's very supportive. But generally, they are so jaded from content creation that they, they usually take a break and find something else. Or um, it could even be on the upside where you leverage on your influence mm. to build something bigger than just being an influencer. Mm. And then you realize that is the path that you want to go. So, so that's a way to Being extend. a content creator is mm -hmm. often a stepping stone to something else. But at the same time, it could be your main career if you mm. put your heart and soul into it. So you made plenty of good points. I actually want to follow up on some of them. For some, it is a stepping stone to something bigger. But for others, it is the end goal. I think mm. for some people who want to convert influencing as their part-time hustle into a full-time career. Have you seen examples of yeah, people of who are like that? And uh, we manage a lot of influencers. Mm. So we've seen all kinds of influencers. And there are the kinds that are doing content while they are studying. Yeah. There are the ones who quit school to do it full-time. There are also people who work and do content creation on the site. So there's all, all of the different types of influencers, I would mm. say. Yeah. So how does one get into making a full-time career out of content creation? I think it comes down to what they plan to achieve. It's easy for youths or people to say they want to be a content creator. But what does that actually mean? Does that just mean that they want to be famous? Mm. Or does that mean that they want to work for someone? <laughs> or does it mean that they just want to take pictures and, and look nice, travel? Mm. It's Because it does seem like a very glorious and f fun life. Yeah, But oftentimes but, that's not the case. Yeah, there are many things that happens behind the scenes that are not seen mm. by the public like for him 
doing YouTube and social media, like everyone's just like, you know, hey, it's just a 10 minute video and wow, how can like drive such a nice car and like, you know, have such a luxurious life. But the struggles that they don't see behind the scenes, the scripting, the editing, the production, everything that happens are not seen, right? And they think that it's a very like straightforward and simple like 10 minute video. But a 10 minute video takes more than a week to produce. It's, it's far from straightforward. And yeah. now that the industry is so saturated, there's influencers everywhere. Almost everyone is an influencer. Mm. It then becomes hard for someone to want to pursue this if they do not have the right goals in mind and the right plan. Another thing you said earlier was that some people use a leverage on their positions as Influence. content creator, influencer to, you know, start businesses and sort of that extends their shelf life. So I know you have a jewelry business. Yes. Is this something? <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. so this is a path that you took. Yeah. Talk about how you were able to extend your shelf life. Was this was starting your own jewelry business? part of your long-term plan as an influencer because bear in mind what Tian Hao said some people you fall out you fall behind there always yeah. be younger more popular people coming onto the space I never stepped in meeting him wanting to become a content creator it happened along the way but ever since I was young I knew I wanted to start my own business um, so before I started Starico I actually ran a dog bakery called the Wolf Bakery so I was baking doggy cakes from home and I really enjoyed that but I realized there was a little bit of limitations when it comes to baking cakes by myself because it was very difficult we were traveling a lot at that point of time we had a lot of like commitments we were going to like different countries every other few weeks and at that point of time I was upsetting a few customers because we take in orders like in advance and then last minute I'll be like sorry I really have to go on a trip and then I have to cancel and so eventually I stopped doing the wolf buckery although it was a very very fun and exciting time for me and it and was very personal because she baked every cake herself like, yeah, until to I the cry point in the where I have to sift the potato. <laughs> yes, he was my unpaid stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it was really fun. So all along, I kind of knew that I wanted to run my own business. I like uh, making decisions, like being creative and doing a lot of hands-on things. So um, after I stopped the wolf buckery, I think not long after we got married, I realized how girls really like accessories and diamonds. And for myself personally, I'm very, very clumsy. So I really lose my <laughs> expensive things, right? So I was looking for a good alternative for girls or anyone who likes diamonds. So that's where I got into uh, Starico, creating my own brand. So starting your jewellery brand was born from your passion as when you were younger to yeah. eventually run your own business. Yeah. Do you find that it is something that influencers or content creators these days are actually pivoting to, especially those that are much older, you know, in order to extend their shelf life, so to speak. For sure. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a pattern we see because to follow an influencer's brand, it's very exciting as an audience to understand their journey, to follow them for a long time. Yeah. And then to see them launch a brand, a business, um, you just want to support them. I think they feel like it's very personal and they were part of the entire yeah. journey, building the business together with you and watching it grow. I think they feel like it's a very personal journey. Yeah. Like we share like all aspects of the business. So this podcast, right, we talk a lot about finance, financial advice, personal finances. Yep. For someone who is intending to become a full-time content creator, how do you make sure that this is a lucrative career? 
how do you work with brands, negotiate payment, that sort of thing? Because you are your own boss at the end of the day, right? Yes, you are. However, not all creators are entrepreneurs or should be. So a lot of them are... No, it's true. Some are amazing and so talented in the field of content creation, in video making, in photos, in articulating their words in podcasts, stuff like these, right? You have you see a lot of these. But how many of them actually have the business skills? Mm. Or the exactly. So how do you convert that into right. income? So for people like this to earn money, my suggestion for them would be to work closely with an agency that they trust. For me, 10 years ago, when I first started, I actually signed to an agency. And through that, it gave me the chance to create and focus on creating while at the same time, uh, I have a manager representing me and uh, a good company who negotiates for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as content creator yourself and, and, and you also manage other content creators, yes. I think I want to ask this question, how much can you realistically expect to make? How much does a content creator make? I think it can range from anywhere from like zero like, to like millions. Yeah. Like if you see the top creators in the world, Mr. Beast, Logan Paul, KSI, they're... they're earning such big bucks. Even mm. Ryan's world, who just does toys. Toy reviews. Yeah. What about in Singapore? Don't compare with the US okay. guys, because there's also a much bigger market yeah. there. How much are content creators making? For example, one TikTok post, one Instagram post, one Instagram story. How many a month do you do then? At the end of the day, how much do you make in a year? It can really range from zero, zero to <laughs> anything. I, I would say millions. Even in Singapore? Why not? How much could we realistically expect to pay for one Instagram post for someone who is quite well-known in the creator scene? Maybe two to 10,000. If, if you're working a brand, if you're a smaller influencer, the budget will of course be a little bit smaller and then they will butter trade with you, for example. Um, they, will ge- they will send you some of their products and hope that you can post about it. Yeah. And then on the more macro influencer side, then the fee tends to get a little bit higher and it can range up to five digits. And that's just for one post. How many uh, requests for posts do you get a month, for example? Me? In general, doesn't have to be you, but how about the people that you manage? Maybe three, four requests for posts? Yeah, three to four is reasonable. If they work harder, it'll be more. If they work lesser, it'll be less. (laughs) So how many, what's the most you've seen? Wow, the most I've seen. Zero to ten. Yeah, zero to ten is... 10 a month? Possible? Yeah, yeah maybe 10, more. 10 Instagram posts a month. Yeah, there are also like IG stories, IG reels, TikToks, different yeah. platforms also that your brands and then can appear choose. In, appearing in videos. Yeah. Mm. So on all, how many sort of engagements on average do you see a month? So this can be um, your Instagram posts, your reels, plus your TikTok uh, videos and appearing YouTube videos. How many you know, of these sort of engagements do you see in a month? Like 10. 10. It's like average. 10 would be a good number. 10 is a, a good sustainable number. So it depends number. if you want to take up the jobs. Yeah. I'm sure there is a formula to calculate <laughs> the comfortability of a content mm. creator. On, on, I think everybody has a different equation. Some may do it for, you know, literally nothing. For just free products. Until, yeah, maybe they until, like the brand yeah. so much, they're like, oh, I'll do it yeah, for free. Until they, see, until they see that it's a sustainable career and some uh, will reject all the free stuff and only demand money. Okay. Everyone is different. Mm. Okay. So you're saying it doesn't matter how many you have at the end of the day, as in how many followers you have at yeah. the end of the day. It's not the only metric. Mm. 
there are multiple consideration factors that come into play and followers are just one of them. Mm. Followers oftentimes also just give credibility to the influencer. Mm. Like, okay, we know this person has certain amount of subscribers, followers throughout their platforms. We know that um, they have built a following over the years, something like that. Then you start to see their engagement mm. and then you see the quality of the content that they make. Do they understand the trends? Um, is there a certain creativity in their content? Mm. So these are all the factors that we consider when working with an influencer and even bringing an influencer on board. I can, I can tell you the truth right now, a 50,000 follower creator can go from zero. They can literally earn zero dollars for like six to 12 months. And there's there could be another 50,000 follower influencers who can earn up to 100,000 per year. Mm. And what sets those two influencers apart then? Well, th then it comes down to um, the sources of revenue for the influencer. Like what, what does the influencer encompass? How hard does the influencer work? And what is their niche? What is their audience? Let me give you an example. If you are a parent mm. and you look up to a certain parenting influencer, when you go to look for maybe stuff like milk powders, diapers, what other mother stuff? <laughs> Baby clothes, oh, wet baby wipes. Clothes and you, <laughs> you, you would tend to trust their recommendations. Mm -hmm. And then if you are a brand, this is the influencer that you will go to. Yeah. So as an influencer to earn more money, they need to have a niche and they need to gain the trust of their audience. Okay. So for somebody like this, they would tend to earn more as compared to someone who just takes nice photos, for example. Mm. So developing yeah. a niche so, area. So yeah. if you ask me, followers do not play that mm. much of a part in how much you earn. It's, it's just a range of your audience. But even as an agency, we tend to not segregate influencers by their follower number, but through their engagement and their influence. If I'm interpreting this right, you're trying to say that it depends on the niche area and the particular yeah. audience that you are engaging. So Even your mm. niche may be a more lucrative industry. Mm. For example, if your niche is in tech, in gaming, in parenting, it could be a lot more than if you were in the business of, I don't know, something else. <laughs> so would you say, would you attribute that to, you know, part of your success as quite a well-known influencer? Because we see a lot of them out there, but only very few make it to the top, have big brands that they work with, and also have a longer shelf life than most others. So would you say that having a niche and all that, would you attribute that to be part of your success? Um, yes and no. For me, I focused on the mass audience. So I did not focus on a niche. So the way I grew my audience was through a mass audience. And, and through viral topics that got me quite international and grew a pretty international fan base. And it also helped my standing in the Singapore market. Mm. For Debbie, mm. how did you raise your profile as a content creator? Mm. I focus a lot on being myself and being a wife, a mom and a business owner. I show different aspects of my life and I try to be as real as I can to share like the struggles, mm -hmm. the successes. And that's when I feel like I really get to connect with my audience mm -hmm. and also build the trust. Yeah, she's yeah. very chill. 
Like, <laughs> she I just like, posts what she wants. <laughs> Sometimes I have to tell her like, that this post is too dark. Like, shoot it outside. <laughs> I'm like, just All let right. me post. <laughs> Maybe authenticity is key and it's something that people yeah. like to see. Hello everyone, my name is Crispina. And I'm Adrian. And we're the hosts of a podcast called Work It. If you've never heard of it, well, it's a good time to tap in. In the last 20 episodes, we've discussed topics like how to negotiate for a salary increase. Or how to get along with younger colleagues who have different values from you, which incidentally is our top performing episode. If work consumes your life and you want some perspective on issues like management, stress, even office romance, then this podcast should be on your list. A new episode drops every Monday. Catch us on the CNA app or wherever you get your podcast. Um, I also think that a lot of your income streams comes from working with, with brands, right? Mm. So from your experience, some tips that you may have, how do influencers or content creators determine their worth when they work with brands? How do you negotiate better deals with brands? Join the right agency. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have to trust the right agency to represent you first. Because at this day and age, with so many influencers around the world, the market is so saturated. It's also very normal for a brand to not know who to work with. Mm. So if you work with an agency that is able to sell you well, I think that is very important. And at the same time, you can focus on uh, your content creation. Mm-hmm. What are some common mistakes that people starting out as content creators or influencers make? A lot of them are trying to imitate someone or trying to be someone. And it does take a very long time for YouTubers to find their style. Even Mr. Beast took ages to mm-hmm. finally become who he is today. I myself took maybe four to six years to truly understand what my style is. So as a YouTuber or content creator, I just think it comes down to just doing, posting and just getting your work out there Mm. until you realize that there's something that works, then just keep doing it in different Mm. ways. I think consistency for Consistency and having that discipline Mm. to post every day. I I think that's very important. Mm. You can have someone who is super creative, has a lot of opinions, but only posts once a week or Mm. post a a blurry photo with a long caption, then it would not work as well as somebody who posts seven Mm. times a week. Mm. Um, Debbie, from your experience, what do you think are some misconceptions that Mm. come with uh, being a content creator? Misconceptions? Mm. I think a lot of people, like, like I said earlier, right, that they think that it's like a very, very straightforward job. But to achieve consistency is not the easiest for you to, you know, think of constant content, how to make it funnier or more engaging. It's, it's really a struggle. So sometimes your brain really goes like dry and then you have to like chill out, find some inspiration. Another mistake is when influencers work with a brand and they become too hard sell and then there's that lack of creativity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the mm. biggest mistakes that content creator can make at especially in their early age. Which brings me also to my next point. How do you plan your finances, your financial goals, your future needs when your income streams, of course, uh, may or may not be so consistent, especially with every month if you work with a big brand, then, Mm. you know, of course, the income is more and then some months are drier periods. 
That's why those who pursue a full-time content creation career are risk takers. And for a lot of them, they are willing to live with this, to live with the unknown because they aren't able to forecast their finances. But generally, if one takes the step to quit whatever they are doing to pursue a content creation career, it's highly likely that they have plans and mm. it's, it's very rare to see somebody quit mm. whatever they are doing, school or work. Yeah. and not know what's coming it's for them. It's all in. <laughs> the, the content creators who I've seen generally know that they are on a rise and this is a step worth taking aside from the norm. For the two of you, you have a little family, you have a daughter. Mm. How do you plan your future, your finances? How do you deal with emergency costs, for example? Investments, building businesses. Buying like, hospital insurance. <laughs> it is super important, yeah. for real. Like, yeah. We experienced that like twice, unfortunately, when Stali was younger. She was hospitalized and I realized, you know, how important it actually is mm. to have a good hospital <laughs> for real. Yeah. From your experience, Yanhao, do you have a fixed income stream because you also manage influencers? Yes, you I have, do. From my company, business. I draw a salary. Mm. And then through my work on my branded content, that's another source of revenue. Mm. It's two different job scopes and two different revenues. Um, so I play a job as a CEO in Titan Digital Media. And at the same time, I'm also a content creator. Mm. Just like Debbie, she's the owner of her brand, Starico, mm. and she's also a content creator. Yeah. So another point that also you brought up earlier was that, you know, if people don't uh, rejuvenate and update and basically stay relevant, they lose out to younger or newer people in the scene with mm. more followers. What happens also if you age out? Mm you get too old. Is that a thing? No, it's not. Anti-aging serum. <laughs> As you grow older, it's in fact easier mm. to have your own niche mm. and to have the credibility and trust of your audience and brands. Those who have been in the industry for at least five to ten years, if I were a brand or an agency, I would not be afraid that this person may get into the news for something that may affect our campaign. They are a safer choice and a more credible choice because of the audience and the work they have done over the years. Mm. That plays a big part as well. So you're saying that influencers or content creators who have been in this role for longer tend to be more uh, legitimate and it's easier to navigate the space, get longer more gigs. Is that true? <laughs> Being in the game for longer is easier than those who are starting out. It's actually not easier than those who are starting out. Because those who are on the rise, it's very exciting. Mm. The brands want to put their names on them. Everyone wants a piece of them. But at the end of the day, it comes down to different strategies as well and understanding the trends of the market. And with a more effective marketing strategy for a brand, you would want a more diverse range of influencers mm. to work with. Do you two of you see yourself doing this for a long time? For me, yes. I would love to do it forever. It does not change over the years the passion and the creativity in my blood to create videos mm. and to work with content creators. And at this age, I feel like I can also be a mentor to a lot of creators. I'm able to inspire them. I'm able to guide them. I'm able to share with them the mistakes and the shortcomings that I face throughout my last 10 years so that they can reach my level in two years. Mm. 
And that, that's what I aspire to be. And that's what I hope I can do for the influencers and the content creators around me and in Titan Digital Media. Because at the end of the day, I want to see this creator economy grow. I do believe that in the coming years, in the future, influencers, content creators will be a real and stable job. The current generation aspires to be YouTubers, aspire to be yeah. um, TikTokers, influencers. And as they grow older, we will actually see it come to fruition and it won't take long. Well, see how you think that, you know, this creator space will only grow and more people turn to... Yeah, and, and it's also my part to build this mm. creator ecosystem, being in my position. Give us your best financial advice for someone who is a content creator or thinking of being a content creator but is concerned about streams of income, losing out to other content creators, you know, the, the issue of being competitive in this space and basically planning for their future. My answer would be a bit biased because I am, after all, a CEO of a talent agency. However, I really encourage the younger influencers or those who are starting out to look into working with an agency, not like selling your soul to the agency, but just having a good relationship with agencies. Because at the end of the day, these agencies that will sell you, that eventually have a certain comfort with working with you. Mm. And in fact, they will help you plan your finances if you have uh, discussions with them. They will be able to share more of their plans. And at the end of the day, also invest your money and time wisely. Mm. That is the dream, right? I'm sure people what go through your Instagram and look at your cars as well and be like, hey, I want to get that. I mean, so, he worked really, really hard. Yeah. yeah he yeah, deserves but, it. But A few more. That's why I have to ask Dian how for his financial yeah, advice if you ask because it, every, everybody would aspire to... My advice would be don't ask me for advice. <laughs> Oh, but you know, this is a, 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 a perfect advice. example of someone who, or rather an example of mm. someone who has, in the eyes of many young people out there, made yeah. it, managed to start his own business, manage other content creators. And so, you know, definitely there'll be questions on how, how I can there. do that too. How a young or someone else out there you can do that passion, too. must have passion, you must work hard, be yeah. consistent. And, and how do you passion, manage your finances? Work hard, creative. Yeah, activity, discipline, and how to manage the finances. Okay, but it, but <laughs> should in, I be buying my first supercar? With is this something that you would? I mean, if it makes you super yeah, if happy, it makes you happy, it. if it justifies the work you have done. Yeah, if you know what was if it's your priority, yeah. go for it, man. I think in life, whether you are a content creator or not, you should just enjoy and be be happier. There's not always an absolute need to follow the traditional way of thinking. Yeah. Life is already very difficult. Um, work can be tough. Going out with your friends, buying something that is a little bit more expensive, it's fun. And if Life it makes you happy, you know, if it makes everything more justifiable, then sure. Yeah. Okay. More. Takes well, away the misery. That's some wise words. So while many are drawn to the flexibility of working at your own pace and being your own boss and recognize that it is possible to monetize your hobby, it's really not as rosy as it seems, but as we heard, it can be a legitimate career and not just because Oxford Dictionary added the word influencer back in 2022. <laughs> so Tian Hao and Debbie, thank you so much for coming on the show and Thanks thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you. you've enjoyed this episode of Money Talks, do check out our other content on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts. We're also going to be taking a short break. Do follow us so that you know when the new episodes drop. 
Now, the team behind Money Talks is Joanne Chan, Jacqueline Chan, Crispina Roberts, Saya Wynn, and me, Liz Neal.